Hey guys, this is Rob here from The Prestige. Unfortunately, this week we are unable to put together our usual episode. Various personal things have come along and stopped us getting together and recording. So, rather than leave you without an episode, what we've done is we've dug into the archives and pulled out an episode that we put out on Patreon probably about a year and a half ago. If anyone can throw their mind back that far, there was a meme going around talking about your favourite film of each year you've been alive. And so Sam and I sat down and recorded all our choices and the reasons why. So this is an episode out of time. It is an episode not in our current season of directors. But we wanted to give you guys something um, for this week in which we couldn't get together and record. Uh, Hopefully we'll be back next week and we'll see you guys soon. Cheers. the very first uh, special edition episode of The Prestige. As many of you know, we've seen online, there's been a meme going around talking about the favourite film, the best film for every year you've been alive. And it's always interesting for me and Sam to run through our lists and talk about the films we put on there, why we've picked them, and all that kind of thing. And also, as we often do, berate each other for our choices. So I'm going to make a start and go through my 80s choices, and then Sam, and we'll go from there. Now I have a small advantage on Sam here a bit in that I was born a little bit before Sam was. So I have two, a two-year jump on Sam, I think it is, or two or three-year jump. Yes, you've got two, and you've got two unquestionably great films. So I'm starting in 82, but Sam will pick up in 84. I'm going to let you run through them, and Sam can jump in if he's got any comments about them. 82, Blade Runner, 83, Return of the Jedi, I think they're untouchable. 84, yeah. Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters is... Is a classic, and I think that no one can question its place in there. It may be a favourite, but I don't think it's, it's a questionable choice. No. 85, Breakfast Club. As we've discussed many, many times, I love a bit of John Hughes. I love a bit of teen drama. I love a bit of high school movies. Breakfast Club is the epitome of those. And I think it's uh, standard at the time. 86, Stand By Me. Very personal film to me. I saw it at a very influential age. And the idea of friendship like that had the stand test of time and... All of that really stuck with me. Joe's Sam has been my friend now since we were in year seven at school. Yes. And so we're getting on to over 20 years of friendship. And uh, Stand By Me is part of why I see friendship isn't lasts. 87, we get into Full Metal Jacket. Uh, I think it's one of the best war movies ever made. It deals with the dehumanisation of the military and the war. And I just I just think it's it, it's... I saw it in a young age and it really just sort of stuck with me. 88, we hit my first really questionable choice. I have absolutely no problem with any of your first six choices. And then we get to 1988. No, 1988, this is where we get into what we've... I'm sure we'll touch on this in, in Christian <laughs> the Lion. Favourite rather than best. Mm, yes. In 1988, my favourite film is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I love me a cult movie. And there's no more culty movies than the Elvira films. There are better films. There are far better films made in 1988. I, I can't I can't describe that. But I have seen Mr. of the Dark 10, 15 times. And it makes me smile every time. And there isn't a film I could find in 1988 that would top that. Right. Okay. Though I appreciate, as we get to Sam's list, there are films that probably would be higher up my best films list. 
El Varietate for me. 89, Dead Poets Society. Once again, we're talking high school movies. We're talking inspirational teachers. I think that it probably is Robin Williams' second best film, third best film. Um, And it's certainly the best in that kind of genre of inspirational teachers. Um, So, yep. And and I'll leave it there. We'll touch up with 90 after Sam's list. Yes, so as as Rob says, he has a two-year jump on me. And we get very beginning of the list, we hit this idea of favourite rather than best. Because I have gone for 1984 Amadeus, and I would not say it's an amazing film by any stretch, but I saw it, I enjoyed it when I saw it, I saw it at a particularly influential time, and I just enjoyed it. And I enjoy the idea of... Um, Thinking about genius and musicality and questions of questionable treatment of other people, and I just think it's really it's a really fun film. I must say, so, I've never seen it, so I, I can't comment on that on that choice. It's not not a great film in the sort of uh, up there in the pantheons, but it's it's very enjoyable. Um, ninety five, Back to the Future one. I wouldn't say it's among my favourite ever, but. It was certainly. I'm looking now to see what Rob's choice was for 1985. Okay, I probably could have gone for the Breakfast Club, but I again, that's another enjoyable one. I think. I think it's worth yeah. noting that looking through Sam's list, if I was to list my second second favorite film as well as my first, there'd be a lot more crossover. Right. Between our list, Bad Future was certainly up there for me. Um, 1986, Flight of the Navigator. I am. Willing to bet this is well down the list of lots of people's great films, certainly for this year. Um, but it, I just saw it several times as a child and really enjoyed it and found it really fun. And it was at a, I saw it at a, at a time when I was growing up when space was exciting and extraterrestrial travel was fun and it's just a really enjoyable film. Um, 1907, Good Morning Vietnam, I don't think there's any question there, great Ron Williams film. 1988, uh, I would not necessarily say this is an absolutely amazing film, but it's certainly one of my favourite films, it's Die Hard, um, and I am willing to have discussions about what is and isn't right and wrong with it's not a Christmas film. it's not a Christmas film yeah whatever we'll get, it's uh, just it's this is the hill I will die on it, is, it has become the yearly <laughs> yearly penance of mine now and every such media in the world defending why that is not a Christmas film yeah but there we go. and uh, non-dish one of our few crossovers mm. at the first film level Dead Poets Society jumping into the 90s um, I think 90s is very much a uh, the Proving Ground and the Making of Me as a Film Fan. Um, so, mm. 1990, Home Alone. We've touched on it, we've covered it in the past. It's essentially the quintessential modern Christmas film, um, and it was the launching of Macaulay Culkin. 1991, Beauty and the Beast, a huge Disney fan. It's one of my favourite Disney films of all time. I know every song and every word, and I'm not talking about the remake. So, we will just enjoy the perfectness of this, that first film. 92, Reservoir Dogs. I don't think this one's going to. It's up for contention. It's the launching of Tarantino. It is him at his most blisteringly focused. I think his films later on can start to sort of 
pad out and drift and have more thing to say. But uh, Reservoir Dogs is, is pure Tarantino. I would say that it's just about the perfect film, Reservoir Dogs. And I, I thought, when when I saw your list, I thought, oh, hang on, whatever I put for 992, I'm going to cross out, but then I put Reservoir Dogs as well. So Spoilers. <laughs> amazing film. Yeah. Uh, 93, Grandpa Day. I think it is uh, the best Bill Murray film ever made. I think it is one of the best comedies ever made. I just go back to it time and time again. It's filled with pathos and heart and love. 94, Clerks, the film that made me want to make films. Can't fault it. 95, Empire Records, the other film that made me want to make films. 96, Dust Till Dawn, we return to Tantino. A bit of Rodriguez in there. It's very much a slocky sort of horror movie, but I think it's it's an absolutely brilliant one. 97, you've got Grace Point Blank. It's it's just it's just almost perfect. Grace Point Blank is, I think, of all the films on this list, that's one that I really sort of will, will die for. 98, Thin Red Line. This is a bit more of a Christmas choice. Um, not often seen by a lot of people. Um, and it's a, a film that gets a lot of flack. It is, is slow and it is baggy and it is loose. Um, but it was the first film that reintroduced me into the idea of films haven't got to be the hero's journey. They haven't got to be a three act structure. They haven't got to be 90 minutes long and out. So I thank that film for opening me up to a, a larger world of films. And 1999, it was the, the film of the year, it was the, the breakout hit certainly that year, and that is American Beauty. It's one of those films that kind of just isn't talked about anymore. It was huge at the time. It was massive at the time. Yeah. Uh, people who went around or of an age to be into films at the time can't grasp how big American Beauty was that year. Yeah, uh, well. But it has kind of dropped off the rail a little bit, but I, I still view, view it as my as my film to close out the millennium. Sam, it yeah, it, it was kind of a, a film that wasn't just about filmmaking as well. It was it was like a huge cultural event. Mm. Yes, 90s. 1990, Edward Cezanne's I absolutely love. And yeah, what, whatever. Johnny, yeah, it's Tim, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. You won't like it. But it's a great film, Edward Cezanne's. Um, 91, we have talked about before here, is The Science of the Lambs. Um, it's a great film. Anthony Hopkins, brilliant. Jodie Foster, brilliant. It's just a, just a great... I've, I've talked about my, my love of crime films. It's a perfect crime film. Um, Reservoir Dogs, already talked about. No need to say anything more about that. 1992. Um, 1993 is Jurassic Park. And classic. I'm, classic. Yeah, it, it's not an absolutely amazing top 10 of all time film but it was so enjoyable and i've seen it several times and loved it every time and yeah it, it's a classic film it'd break my top 20 of all time certainly number four now this is one that that rob rob may not agree with is four weddings and a funeral but this <sighs> this is one of those things that this is one of the films i've seen Almost more times than I can count, and it just—it's just become a part of who I am, really. Fair I enough. Just, I just—I ju- just like this film. I will save my rage for ninety-six. Yeah, okay. <laughs> ninety-six is coming. Um, ninety-five, uh, Toy Story. I mean, there. The, this is the first of three 
animation type films on on this list and it's it's an amazing film it, it kicked off um animation across several media um right 96 this is the one that rob's going to have serious problems with and i put it on there because this is a film of a book that i've wrote most of my phd dissertation on the the author of and I just really enjoyed the book and the film. It's the 1996 Anthony Minghella version of Michael Ondaatje's The English Patient. No, I went to watch this film because people raved about it, raved about this film. So we got the DVD, plugged it in, I watched it. Oh my God, it is the most dull thing in the world. I made like half an hour. I mean, you know what? My life is just too short. My life's too short. It was just so dull. It was just so crushingly dull. And I just, I couldn't do it. You know, like the the in dynamite at this point was my, my touchstone for films. I couldn't make it through. I made like forty minutes of about playing my time before you. Know, you know what? And then yeah, oh god, I just I like watching it. The only film that, that that since watching this film has come and picked it as the most boring film I've ever seen in my entire life is Enduring Love. Enduring Love, like I could have clawed my eyes out during. Unfortunately, I watched all of that one. I didn't get that one, but uh, oh, patient, my god, my god. <laughs> For those, for those listening, Rob and I have, and we we joke, but we have we have lots of things in common, and it, one of the things we particularly don't have in common then is is our choice of films in 1996, yes. and it's a nice summary of who we are as characters that <laughs> Rob has p- picked the Tarantino schlockfest of From Dust Till Dawn, and I've gone for slow and introspective and beautiful and. Aesthetically, anyway. Fair enough. Moving, moving on. Ninety-seven. <laughs> Ninety-seven. Another Ron Williams, or the third Ron Williams film, come across is uh, *Good Will Hunting*, which I I really enjoyed. Ninety-eight. I've talked about here before. Um, it's a version of a, a French stage play, and it was made into an American, quote unquote, comedy with Steve Carell about. 10, 15 years later, and it's terrible, but the 1998 French film, Le Dîner de Con, is very good. And 1999, Fight Club, I really enjoyed well, Brilliant. The, the presentation of people there. Yes. I can't, can't fault that at all. 2000, Millennium hits us. So the first and possibly only, I'm looking at of my year, uh, non-English language films in my list and that is a 2000 film uh, Amores Perez um, from I'm going to butcher his name Alejandro Gonzalez Iñatu who's gone on to do many other things Um, Gael Garcia Bernal is the main character from it and it's this interlocking sort of three stories I just saw it at the right age Um, I probably I may even watch it with Sam at one of our film nights growing up Um, but I just I just really loved it and it was just probably one of my first interactions with non-Western cinema, or at least non-English language cinema. And it kind of really opened up this whole world that uh, went on to City of God and all the kind of the other sort of big hitters of, of the late late 90s, 80,000s um, of non-English language films. So, more of Perez. 2001, Fellowship of the Ring. I just love the Lord of the Rings films. I think they're brilliant. I think there isn't a filmmaking experience or a film viewing experience like them in our generation. The scale and the scope and the size of them uh, is untouched. 
I haven't seen Lord of the Rings films for a reason, but we'll we'll get onto that when we look at Lord of the Rings films themselves. Yes. 2002. 2002. Contentious choice. It didn't get a lot of love. I really loved it. Gangs of New York. Um, we talked um, in a recent episode about Leo and his sort of step into more adult fare. I think this is one of those steps he made. It is rich and sumptuous and a period piece, and I just really liked it. I fell asleep, but that may have something to do with Fair rum. Enough. <laughs> Blame the rum. 2003, <laughs> Lost in Translation. It is hauntingly beautiful. Um, it would rival Grand Dagger for the best Bill Murray film. It's certainly in my top five films of all time. So, yeah. 2004, Shaun of the Dead. Doesn't need a donation. It's just a, one of the best comedies of the nine. 2005, Serenity. Big Firefly fan, big Josh Whedon fan. To see all that on the big screen, yeah. I've seen that film more times than I've seen any other film in my entire life. Uh, I went through a period of, of pretty much watching it constantly. For about a week of my life, I watched it literally on repeat. It, it, Ten hours a day. Love it. 2006, a bit of a nothing year. I can't really hand on heart say this is a brilliant film. I really like it, but going through it, some of the, some of the, 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 the early noughties were... The bland years movie, shall we say. Mm, um, yeah. So Children of Men is my recommendation for 06. It's good. You know, I was searching for that year. I'm not going to lie to you. 07, Planet Terror, the first of the Greenhouse oh, movies. Yeah. Um, Sam's not going to like it, but what does he know? You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. It, it wasn't heartfelt and, you know, oh, I'm, I'm Tim Burton. <laughs> um, uh, it is, it's brutal and evocative of the area and I just I, just, I loved them I love Planet Terror 08 once again contentious choice a lot of hate for this movie I loved it Australia I'm well aware and we'll touch on this in time if we do dive into Baz Luhrmann in the future there are some racial issues with the film um, I can't speak to those it was just it was beautiful the film is sumptuously stunning uh, it's just a bit Australia and I remember being blown away seeing it in cinema Oh nine. Oh god. Oh nine. Um Sam will have issues here, I'm sure. I'm sure he'll have issues here. Uh oh nine, Jennifer's Body. The well, I've, I've never seen it, so I, I can't take issue with that. Honestly, Jennifer's Body is a mid range horror film um that has some interesting feminist ideas within it. Um but it wouldn't stand out. But once again, this is talking about favourite, not best. It's one of the films of my relationship with my wife. Um, we both really love it. Um, so, yeah, Jim Body. That was okay. the noughties for me. Noughties for me. Um, 2000, almost famous. Brilliant. I re- really enjoyed that film. Um, and I don't think it gets as much critical love as it could do. It's a great film. 2001, not a great film, but an enjoyable film. I would put this in the same bracket as For Weddings and Funeral, one that I've watched and rewatched and found enjoyable. And I've talked about my love of heist films before. It's the remake of Ocean's Eleven. I, I can only agree. Uh, 2002, Rob's already mentioned it. It may have been sparked by Maurice Paris a couple of years earlier, this interest in in non-Western cinema within Hollywood, but uh, it's the 2002 Sadaji de Um Yeah, it, it's... I mean, 
2002 was a year I was in Brazil. It's it's particularly realistic. It's particularly enjoyable. And I suppose part of the enjoyment for me was hearing a language that I'd just been speaking. I came home and got to listen to it. Um, 2003, I haven't put Morris Paris on my list, but I have got two other in the other two films. I would agree with Rob that the 2000s are not the best time. They're not vintage films. years, shall we say? No. So, 2003, I enjoyed Inyarosu's 21 Grams, which is what I've gone for, but again, it wouldn't be one of my absolute favourites. 2004, Shaun the Dead, no disagreement from me there. 2005, Walk the Line, I really enjoyed this film. Um, and. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix was great. It it was, I, I suppose it's, it's the only biopic I, I've got on here. But yeah, I, I thought this was, this is a really good film, and I saw it again uh, a few years ago, and it seemed to stand the test of time. To damn it with faint praise, I would say it was fine. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, the second of my inerity films. Um, is the film Babel, which I enjoyed, but is the sort of film that involves lots of soul-searching and landscapes and Rob wouldn't have liked. No, 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 it didn't. No, no. <laughs> um, 2007 is the second, sadly not including the whole trilogy in this, but it's the second Cornetto film. The which I actually prefer to Sean the Dead. Hot fuzz. So yeah. why 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 is it not on your list? Because I don't think it's better what? than Planet Terror. Planet Two thousand eight. second second animation on this list. Again, I love this film. Rob, you're sighing. What uh, don't you like about this film? Everything. It was just so dull. <laughs> it was just so dull. Uh, don't worry. We'll, we'll we'll get to two thousand fifteen, and then I'll really let loose. Right. Okay. Um. And 2009, I mentioned, I've mentioned it in previous weeks, it's a great um, claymation film, Australian film. It's the only film, well, apart from those Edgar Wright films, it's, it's the standout film of the noughties for me. It's the 2009 film, Mary and Max. Awesome, must say, not seen, not seen. 2010, we move into the, I don't know what we call this, this decade, the 10s. Yeah. 2010. Television Network. We touched this on this on the podcast previously. I just think it's a masterclass in filmmaking. Television Network is, is just spot on with filmmaking. 2011, Drive. It's sometimes picking up, certainly. Drive um, is certainly Ryan Gosling's first step into serious acting. Talk about Leo's. This is his first step into serious acting. Um, Nick Wynne-Reffin, uh, director I know have worked in the past, his sort of breakout film. I think it's just it's just brilliant. 2012, The Avengers, the first real big cinematic universe movie. And whilst Avengers 2 didn't live up to the hype of that, I thought the first one was a perfect blending of all these different worlds. Mm. 2013, Pacific Rim. It's just like, it's just everything a film should be. Um, I'm I'm biased. I like like giant monster movies. But I think this film is, it's smart, it's intelligent, and it's so beautiful and so well done. And in the world where you do get mindless action films, I'm not complaining, them like Fast and Furious, mindless fun. I love them, but, you know, they're mindless. This is one that wasn't mindless. Um, and I really enjoyed that. 2014, Godzilla. Got a lot of hate. 
what have you done? 2013-2014. They were good times. Um, <laughs> Godzilla got a lot of hate because it wasn't a traditional um, Americanized smash-bang film in the same way Pacific Rim was. But it's much closer to the original um, Toshiro Japanese Godzilla films. And I just I just thought it was wonderful. 2015, The Martian. Just, it's just great. Just great all round, that film is. It's a great film, yeah. Uh, Last year was a bit of a quiet year for me. Um, with baby and pregnancy, didn't get out a lot, so a lot of films I couldn't speak to. Um, but for me, it was Nice Guys. I just thought the Nice Guys was, it was funny, it was smart, and it was just, it was just seeing Russell Crowe and Grand Golding stretch those, those comedy chops with me was just wonderful. Um, and so yeah, the Nice Guys. And this year, to date, unsurprisingly, Kong Skull Island. Right, and this decade for me. 2010 Shutter Island, I really enjoyed, and yeah, it, it was a it was a film that you thought was going in one direction, then was going in a completely different direction. It it changes direction about four times, um, and it was it was very enjoyable. 2011, not a great year for me. Um, I quite enjoyed the Adjustment Bureau, but I was reaching. I couldn't really find anything in 2011. Um, I, I I struggle with drive. I'm I'm not sure what it is. Rob, Rob loves it. There must be something there, but I just uh, don't get it. If anything's been proven by this last episode here, is that we have wildly different tastes on some things. Yes. Yeah. Um, 2012 is one of my favourite films. Is the Raid Redemption, and it's I've talked about it several times at length this um, Indonesian martial arts film with the Welsh director based on Pankat Salak um, it's, it's brilliant it's, it's unrelenting and fast and brutal and the narrative is there's not a lot there but you didn't really need a lot of narrative there's, it, it's just just I, I've talked about perfect films before. I think this for me is the perfect action film. If Reservoir Dogs is the perfect crime film, fair enough. Um, 2013 World War Z. I know this would be up there in Rob's list, but he's he's imposed on himself the restriction that he can't talk about films that he's worked on. So I will I will fly the flag for it here. Thank you. It's a great film. Um, 2014. We've talked about in the podcast before. For I really enjoyed the film Whiplash in 2014. 2015, it's time for Rob to have his go at Inside Out. I, no, I don't have a go at it. Like, it's fine. But <laughs> it was the first real, for me, misstep from Pixar in that all the little things that Pixar do to make you care and make you cry and make you have emotional reactions... You saw them all coming. You could see the strings being pulled. As soon as you met the imaginary friend, you know they're going to die because that's how Pixar works. Um, and for me, it was just the one that like, it became soulless because you could just see the the machinery of Pixar grinding through the story. It's fine, but yeah, it, for me, it was the it was when it really hit home that Pixar have a routine and they follow it. Sometimes Rob is really nuanced and and thoughtful in in his judgments about films and then sometimes you remember that he has no soul. Yeah. Sorry about that. 
2016, last year, not a great year, but it was the the revenant was brilliant from the early part of that year, um, and it's sort of the the pinnacle, I suppose, of this this renaissance in in Leonardo DiCaprio moving from beyond heart from status into full acting territory. And then 2017, it, to date, the best film I've seen to date is the Lego Batman movie, which I really enjoyed. It wasn't an amazing film. We talked about best and favourite before, but I I really enjoyed it. It was a really good experience to go and see it. Brilliant. Well, those are our films, guys. Please let us know in the comments on this post or on Twitter if you think we're right, we're wrong, what we've forgotten, what we've missed. And uh, you can check us out weekly uh, on the Pressy Podcast.